And now it's time for We Are Just Christians, live from Savona Church in Port St. Lucie. Here are your hosts, Mike Schmidt and Gary Jones. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, and welcome to We Are Just Christians on this cold Lord's Day morning here in South Florida. At least cold for us. It was like 38 degrees this morning, Gary, which is pretty cold for South Florida. Yes, so, uh, it's more than just a little cold. For a little South. cold, yeah. We're, I know, I know you people, if anybody's listening from other parts of the country, it's just uh, chuckling away. Yeah, I know they're chuckling. That's okay. We, we don't mind you chuckling because we get to laugh the rest of the year. But in any event, uh, we're glad to be with you today. It's a beautiful day. We're thankful that God provided this opportunity for us and that, and that you are listening. Hopefully, in the next hour or so while we're on the air, we can stimulate your thoughts and, and uh, encourage you in various things that we would like to encourage you in which we'll talk about later. My name is Mike Schmidt, as you heard. I'm the preacher and one of the elders for the Church of Christ on Savona Boulevard, and my partner in all this is Gary Jones. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing fine this cold morning. Right? Yes, he's cold. So Gary is the other elder here at the church, and we are we have this. This is a live call-in show, in case you didn't know that. So in just a moment, I'm going to give you the contact information, the numbers, and so forth, so you can get a hold of us here. But we are trying to trying to promote the idea of being just a Christian, encouraging you in plain, independent Bible study, being just a Christian, not part of a human denomination. And by that, we do not mean that whatever you want to believe is fine. We're not, we are not uh, non-denominational. We are undenominational. Non-denominational has the gener- general meaning and the way it's used in our society of meaning we don't really have any too many specific core beliefs and uh, whatever you want to believe is fine. It's kind of a smorgasbord of beliefs in most non-denominational churches. We depend <clears throat> primarily and look primarily to the Word of God. Right. In, in John 12:48, Jesus essentially says, and I'm not the exact quote, but in John 12:48, Jesus says, "The word that I have spoken will judge you in the last day." And I invite you to read that passage because that's one of the basis for what we'll talk about today. Right. Well, we have a phone call, but let me let me finish what we're saying here and give the numbers, and we'll go to okay. the phones, okay, Gary? And uh, I know you had some things. Some, somebody has us on speed dial. Huh? Yes, sir. But in any event, we're here to talk about what the Scriptures say about things as best we can, point you in that direction, give you an idea of how to, how to understand the Scriptures plainly without reading it through the lens of some human philosophy or some religious tradition. So that's the idea. When we welcome your calls, comments, disagreements, whatever it may be, personal stories, uh, questions, things you're upset about in the world or in religion, or even if you're an unbeliever, it would be love for you to call in if you're an unbeliever, but uh, or don't believe in the in the in the in the scriptures or religion had bad experiences. We'd love for you to call, and we promise that we're not going to take advantage of you or embarrass you in any way. The numbers to reach us here on w, at WPSL are 772-340-1590. 772-340-1590 is the, are the, is the number to reach us. You can also text us anytime, whether during the show or not, at 772-260-6120, 772-260-6120, or... Seven seven two two six zero six two two zero are the two numbers you can text us at any time you'd like, and we'll try to answer your question. We got a text last week 
uh, Gary, I think I forwarded it to you, that I haven't had time to really study it. I, I brought up a couple of questions about things that we had said two or three weeks ago about Christmas. And okay. so we'll, we'll, yes. take, we'll, we'll deal with that, not today, but we're real soon here, maybe next week, I'll have a chance to kind of peruse uh, what the listener said and analyze it before I make a comment about it and, and see if I need to make a correction or a adjustment of what I said, we'll do that. So thank you very much for that, for that kind of text. We, we, we love that and we hope that you'll take advantage of that, 772-260-6120 or 6220, plus the number to reach us is 772-340-1590. I'll give you some other information a little bit later in the show about how to email us and so forth if you'd like to do that. But right now, let's let's go to the phones. Are you are you there, Jerry? Uh, good morning, Mike. Good morning, Gary. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, very briefly, I was wondering about the references uh, in the Bible to the jackal, which I understand is a hyena. hyena. And I know in Michigan, I, I'm from Detroit, uh, uh, there's a wolverine in a bathroom. They, they look a lot alike, but the wolverine uh, was actually considered to be insane. And Indian uh, village would actually move on Trail Village uh, because of a wolverine. And I know there's a sports team called, it's either, uh, I think, uh, Michigan State is the Spartans, and then uh, University of Michigan may be the wolverines. I, I really they, don't are, yes, they are, yes, they are. But my, my question is, uh, uh, when they use, they use that term jackal in the Bible, they were referring to a hy, hyena. And I'd like to listen off your own mic if that would be okay. Okay, that would be fine. You know, it, it brings up a couple of things, Jerry, interesting things. Uh, I'll say this before we get into jackals, because it depends on which translation of the Bible you're reading. Yes, you get yes. the jackal. But uh, everybody, we, we all love dogs, and I've got two old dogs that are nearing the end of their life and I, I love them but I don't consider them my children and all that kind of in fact I get a little cringy if you go to the vet and they write down you know my dog's name is Nelson Nelson Schmidt on there I get a little cringy with that I know they do it somewhat for identification but somewhat because people consider these pets their children and I don't think that's biblical that'll get more hate mail anywhere anything I've ever said Jerry but <laughs> In the Bible, dogs are mentioned several times, quite a few references to dogs, and they are never used, it's never used in a positive sense. Now, the, the, the minimum that you can say about that, that the fact in the Bible, dogs are never mentioned in a positive way, is that, that people of the uh, Middle East and Bible times had a completely different view of dogs. They were considered unclean by the Hebrews, uh, certainly for eating and things like that. And they had them around, but, uh, you know, the only good thing I think dogs did in the New Testament was lick up the blood of Jezebel to clean up the streets after that wicked woman was killed. But uh, in any event... <laughs> well, that was, I think that was said about our, more than just Jezebel. Right, I think it occurred a couple of times. Right. Let's just keep our perspective on animals are animals. They have a purpose. They're, from, they're, they're blessings from God sometimes, or they may be a curse from God in some, and in some fashion to us. But they're animals. They're not people. Just don't elevate them beyond what's written about them. But they're not used positively in the Bible. Cats are very seldom mentioned in, in the scriptures. Now, this jackal, um, depending on the translation, 
uh, it can be any it can mean a, a jackal is kind of like uh, a a hyena, like Jerry's saying. I think that's probably correct from what I know about it, a little bit I know about it. Never made an extensive study of jackals. But some of the translations of this, especially the King James, some of the, the word that's used, Tana, it is uh, can be a, anywhere from a dragon to a sea monster. And its, it's meaning is uncertain. We just don't know. That, that is something that is, uh, you've got to be careful, I think, or cautious, or hold, as I say sometimes, hold your beliefs lightly about animals and plants in the Bible as to how they come down to us. Not that the Bible is making things up, but, but you can go from one part of the country to another, and the same trees and vegetables and animals are called different things, even in the United States in modern times, when we have all this common knowledge and language. They still call different things. And that was even more true in ancient times, where plants are identified as one thing in one area, another culture calls them something else, well, which is why we use scientific names if we want to be accurate yeah, about things. And my concordance says it's not even in the New King James. Right. The word jackal. Yeah. Yes. And I, I only fi- I don't find it in, in, in any of my uh, most of my translations. But the word that's sometimes translated a female jackal is sometimes also called a uh, it. In fact, it's the the root word of Tana or jackal it is a monster of some kind, something that's an, a, a monstrosity. Sometimes the spelling, a hideous land, a hideous land animal. Sometimes it's called. Yeah, sometimes the spelling. How how are you spelling it on your request? Tan T A N. No, the actual word jackal. Because I was going to go J A K A L. J A K A L is how it's spelled, as far as I know. How you spell jackal? Well, one source gave me J A C K A L. So let's try the different one and see how that. Oh, works. maybe that's maybe that's what I did. I did J A C K. That's why. That's how I spelled it. Okay. I don't know what I just said. J A K. Good thing I'm not on the radio. I don't even know what I said. said but anyway, <laughs> somebody's recording. Luckily, it. I'm not on the radio at this point in time. No, the, the spelling the spelling that I had from the uh, the checker that I had here was J A C K A L. Yes. Okay. And and it's yes. not in either the American Standard right. or the New King James. But there are prophecies about the jackals, and and I, let me see if I can find it in. Um, the English word doesn't appear in this translation. I don't know if I. Ha- I'm going to see. I think it's. I think it's in the J A C K A L. Um, I uh, thought I one one uh, one one Bible dictionary says hyenas, jackals, okay. or wolves. It's translated. Other some some say foxes. So there's a few a usages, and I'm not sure what translations that's in. And that's what I mean about the animal. Like right. when Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree. Well, there were yeah. sycamore trees in Ohio, but, but that's is that not what, like that's what they call. Not what they call that in the Middle East. And what happened was this: in 1611 in England, they <coughs> he, the scholar had to translate these trees and words. And sometimes they try, since they were writing a version for English people in in Great Britain or that area, they they translated them to plants and animals that they were familiar with, you know, and you find this with these, um, what's that animal over there that, that lives on the rocks, you know, and that, the, what they call them hares, and they're probably talking about rabbits, but there's another name in the Bible for them I can't think of off the top of my head, but, but we have these various, so just 
be cautious about being adamant about what those things are. And it's very hard to find a consistent, even when you do find reference to it, in my experience, it's things like that are hard to find consistent definitions for, too. Right. Yes. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So be just be careful about it. I think I think that Jerry's probably correct. It probably does correspond. And, and when you look at how it's used, that jackals would come and inhabit these cities that had been destroyed when God judged Israel it's, and it's, inhabit the destruction, the it, ruins of Babylon. It's an expression of desolation. Of desolation, because then wild animals move back in. And and that's uh, that's how that's how things go. The wild animals come back and they move into these places, and so you have this uh, uh, this that kind of a, a, a negative use. It has a symbolic usage in the Bible, and so that's true of of those kinds of words. And you see the same thing with various plants. You see this all the time, even in com- modern times. I tell people this; they don't believe me. I grew up in Ohio. Just talking to somebody about that. Yeah, and Jerry, or I'm not Jerry, but Ray at the station. I grew up in Cincinnati in a German family. One side of my family were German immigrants. And we would have uh, stuffed mangoes quite often, one of my favorite meals. I grew up with stuffed mangoes. Well, now. When you get to Florida, that's probably not the same. Well, no, thing. it's a green pepper in Ohio. Yeah. In, in southwestern Ohio, a mango is a green pepper. You call them green bell peppers and green peppers down here. Mangoes a fruit. Well, I didn't never had one or even seen one growing up till I was in my teens. Probably never seen or heard of a mango as such. And so, it completely different plants. And one's a fruit, one's a vegetable. I presume, colloquial speaking, anyway. You know that old saying, oh, yeah. Gary, about uh, what is it? Tomatoes. That tomatoes are a fruit. N- knowledge is knowing that tomatoes are a fruit. Wisdom is knowing that you don't use it in a fruit salad. <laughs> so that's how you define wisdom versus knowledge. <laughs> in any event, you, you see, and that's what I'm saying. So you people who really get into plants, for example, and, and animals, they, they refer to things by their scientific name. Sometimes that's done so they can sound smarter than you. But probably most likely it's done so they can be more accurate about what they're talking about. And then the scientific names for things change all the time. Genetics has altered the scientific names we've given a lot of plants and animals because we find out what we what looks alike to us is not genetically s- similar, but this other thing that doesn't look like it at all is similar. It's very odd. Genetics is an odd. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I've noticed. <coughs> excuse, <coughs> Mike, I'm losing my voice already. <coughs> one of the things that I've noticed about these things I've seen about finding the ark, Noah's ark. Yeah, yeah. They think they found wood from it, but nobody's tried to identify that wood. And what they have is we don't have anything corresponding to what they would call a gopher tree. Right. The best they can say, it's like an acacia. Well, now, acacia is another word. You go to different parts of the world or the country, and acacia trees look different. Different. And are referring to different things. And Or they say it's a cypress tree. Could be a cypress tree. Well, cypress was a valued wood in Arkansas and Louisiana for making boats at one time, uh, from the history that I've seen. Yeah. So, and it works for cypress and cedar were both valued right. for that. They fit the usage of of an ark or using something for an ark. Uh, let me try something here. Let me just look up the old King James version and see if I can find. Or you say you were doing that? Yeah, I'm, I did the 
New English, uh, the English Standard, the American Standard, and the New King James. I'm just not finding. I'm not finding very many references at all. To, I, I know there's some, and I, I I'm sorry, Jerry, why I can't seem to. I probably got my. I got nothing in nothing from the King James here. version. Either. Right, and I I I know I and I thought I had the American. Let's try the ASV jackal. Let's see if I can search for a jackal in the ASV. I'm pretty sure it's in the American Standard Version. Maybe maybe some of our a listener can look it up, but I I can't seem to find what I want to uh, about a jackal. But anyway, I know it looks like Isaiah 13 in the ASV. Isaiah 13:22. Is that the new ASV or the no, ASV? No, the American Standard. And I know I know there was a I knew there was a reference to Babylon and jackals. I just couldn't remember which version it was in and which to book. But it's in the American Standard, 1901 American Standard, which is a very literal translation that I love. God says in verse 17 of Isaiah 13, "Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, who shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they will not delight in it. And their bow shall dash the young men in pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb." Their eyes will not spare children. In Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch their tent there, nor shall shepherds make their flock to lie down there. And wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful, doleful creatures. Ostriches shall dwell there, they're... they're there's another American Standard translation of ostriches in Babylon. That's not what we know today. And wild goats will dance there. And wolves shall cry in the castles and jackals in the pleasant palaces. Her time is near to come. Her days shall not be prolonged. That's Isaiah 13. I read the long context in verse 17 to 22. The word jackals is in verse 22. So if you looked at some of those those things, um, like the um, hind, another animal, the hind, it's it's yeah. like a it's like a, 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 like deer. a gazelle or a deer. Sounds like it's a rabbit, but it's really small small deer. Here are jackals and wolves, and they all. But it, strangely, he also mentions ostriches there. Yeah. Now, when you look up that word ostriches. Let me do that. That's why I'm talking about these animals here. I don't have a way to look that up. Uh, it's in Isaiah 13, Isaiah 13:22. Let me look that up. I'm having to go around in circles because for some reason I'm not act, be able to access my ostriches in verse 21. 21, I should say. Yes, you're on ostriches. <laughs> I don't want the ASV. <laughs> Excuse me one second. Let me try something else. (coughs) I apologize for not being able to find this right away. I'm having some kind of, uh, well, I did. You know, Gary, sometimes you try to improve things and you try to uh, do things better and blah, blah, blah. And uh, (coughs) okay, so ostriches, yana. Wow. uh, And it's used few times in the New Testament that I, I don't see it. Now, here's something else. I changed it to the plural. And jackals with an S. Yeah, jackals. And I must have gotten 18 references in the New King James. I didn't think mine would 
would be that specific. Although, yeah, mine mine's pretty rough, and it doesn't have a spell checker. It's not one of the greatest ones in the world. So if you don't if you don't tell it to consider the plural, it won't. But yeah. I got two references in Psalms, one in Job, four, five, six, no, one, two, three, four, five in Isaiah, six in Jeremiah, one in Lamentations, and one in Micah, and one in Malachi. But I'm going to tell you, I'm just looking at a quick, quick analysis of these. They're all associated with desolation. Well, yes, and that's the that's the but, picture, the figure. Yeah. Dogs are associated with uncleanness in the Bible, and and jackals with a desolated place. We have a similar situation, strange, with coyotes in an odd way. They're probably a relative of coyotes. They're around all over the place here in South Florida, even. You just don't see them so, very often yeah, right. because they're very, they're very stealthy. And so, what what's the common coyote in our culture? What's his name? Wiley coyote, coyote yeah. right? That's why that's the figure. That's the association we make of that animal. And when you treat somebody like a dog, you've got more of the old use of the word dog than you do the new use of the word dog. Every one of them I've looked at so far, Mike, is there. Is a reference to desolation, that's, and that's that's probably how that's used. And you find that with some of these animal references and in, in, <clears throat> in the Bible, and probably some of the uh, fruit references in the Bible. Um, Here, here's a good one that that points that out. It's Isaiah 10, verse 22. Behold, the noise of the report has come, and a great commotion out of the north country, to make the cities of Judah desolate, a den of jackals. And so basically he connects it directly to desolation in in uh, Jeremiah 10:22. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what it means. Well, anyway, interesting question. Um, we can probably um, move on, but I appreciate that, Jerry. I'm not, I'd be curious to know what sparked that interest. But it, it is interesting to, and you can look this up. You can look up plants and animals in the Bible. There have been books written on that subject and where they analyze some of these things. Maybe the most interesting ones are the behemoth and the leviathan in the book of Job. Job. Well, it, Job uses jackals one time, mm-hmm. and uh, Job talks about it in terms of, am I a jackal? Basically, some outcast. Yeah, and... And in that Am I a brother of jackals right. and a companion of ostriches? Same same words used. In that reference in Job to uh, where God references Leviathan and Behemoth to uh, these two great animals, one apparently a land animal, one a sea creature. It's I think pretty clear from the context. These are what we would call today dinosaurs, um, and. Um, the word dinosaur means terrible lizard. Well, how, how many how many liberal scholars have I read that uh, equated uh, what, which one was it Leviathan to the hippopotamus, right? Or, yeah, or, or the, something the, the, like he, that. Yeah, and he's got a tail like a cedar, a know, tail and, like and, a tree trunk, tree trunk, in, in some all that. that. So they're 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 not. They try to make it a modern animal, but they and can't. not a dinosaur because of their presuppositions about evolution and time. So they can't take the text at its face value because they just won't do it because it would require them to change their own belief system. Isn't that interesting that the Bible might require someone to change their belief? 
Strange. <laughs> How could a book do that? That's a, well, our, we would expect. Or even that. you know the thing that I was so gonna, unfair of God to expect right. us to change. The our thing belief. that I was going to talk about today, you've got to learn from the Bible. So that, <laughs> that's one of the. You got to be willing to learn from. You it. at least got to take the text for what it says yeah. and say, look, folks. This the Bible's saying that dinosaurs and humans existed at least at some point simultaneously. And I and you could say in honesty, it's what it says, and I think that's crazy and I don't believe it. Okay, well I can I can, I can live under, with that. I can I, understand that's, that. That's rational. I can say that. I disagree with that, but that's but to say, well, I know it says he's got a tail like a tree trunk and but we're gonna make it a hippopotamus just because it I, I want just because I want to be able to say, Oh, uh, piously, oh I, I believe in the Bible. I'm a scholar, but I believe in the Bible, and so you make it like that. Or, or do, you, or they may even think in their back of their mind, no one would believe it if I translated it dinosaur or, you know, whatever the case, brontosaurus. No one would believe this, so I'm not going to do that. That's not the right way to translate things. Oh, and, by the way, they've given brontosaurus, I think, a different name now. Allosaurus. You know, or something some, else? Yeah, it's it's something else. Uh, it's probably because Emily Bronte was a white woman <laughs> who wrote lit romance novels, and so you can't have a brontosaurus and Emily Bronte in the same language. I, 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 look, you think I'm crazy for saying that? Uh, there's a lot more crazy things have been said. Uh, what did I say? Well, oh, it, uh, it goes the other way. You told me about a woman that called into another radio show you had that that believed in Jesus and was all about Jesus, but didn't believe the Bible. So, oh no, well, yeah. she said yes. Yeah, she don't believe all those stories in the Bible about. Jonah getting swallowed by a whale and all that, but she loved Jesus. Uh, okay. I said, it's ironic that Jesus the only place you learn about Jesus. Jonah in the New Testament, Testament. The only place he does, and he says it was it happened. So anyway, so, yeah, it's God almost puts these things out there to be like you said the other day. I, it's really true. God has a sense of humor about these right, things. Right, right. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Gary, you told me. Be, uh, and by the way, if you want to call in, like Jerry did, we appreciate that. Seven seven two three four zero fifteen ninety. Seven seven two three four zero fifteen ninety, or you can text us at seven seven two two six zero six one two zero or six two two zero seven seven two two six zero six one two zero or six two two zero. Give us a text at any time and or call us. Uh, Gary, you said you had. Um, yeah, I had something. Uh, things you want to talk about? Yeah, it's kind of unusual. Uh, it struck me after I was thinking about. Remember our Sunday night uh, Bible study that we had at your place? Yes. And we were looking at Second Peter one in verses probably. I'm going to start with verse five. We started earlier than that. But in verse five it says, "But also for this very this is Second Peter one verse five. But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your vir- to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, and self-control perseverance. And it goes on through several things. And I it just thought to me, you know, when we study that, Mike, we usually concentrate on add to your faith virtue, uh, virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance. We concentrate on those things. But I wanted to point out four words in that first verse five that I think sometimes we don't actually get the real meaning of what Peter's talking about here. And that's giving all diligence add. He says giving all diligence add. What does he mean there? And I'm I'm thinking he means learn these things, understand these things, and give diligence to it. 
And that's not an unusual concept. There are a lot of other places where the Bible says that, that it's not. And, and when the Bible repeats things, you have to understand, I think, at least in my view, that it's very important when the Bible repeats something. Yes. In Hebrews 11, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How do we diligently seek him, Mike? In Ephesians 5, and I'm going to concentrate on Scripture, I want you to write these Scriptures down and look at them because they're pointing to something here. In Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 8, he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness and righteousness is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Now, Paul puts in a parenthetical phrase, and I don't often say, read it a different way, but I'm trying to emphasize something here. So I'm going to read this without verse 9, and tell me what you think it means. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. What's his point? He's telling you, you need to walk and learn what the Lord has for you to do. And and that's part of that's one of the things about being a Christian is that it's a, it essentially a practical thing. It's a learning process, and therefore, and so the part of the learning occurs when you live it or when you attempt to live it. And as you attempt to live, what you take the words you've read, attempt to live them, and as you live them, then you learn more about the words and what they re- may really mean and. And it teaches you more, and you keep. Then you try to live you, differently. You, you keep learning, and then you keep you keep learning. It's a it's a cyclical process. Now, Gary, I, I'm going to interrupt you. I don't know. If I'm going to interrupt, but you mentioned this word "add." I don't know if you're going here, but that word "add" means just what you're saying. Yeah. It's it's from the word we get the word we get the word choreography from that a root very root <laughs> word a blending together of two or three separate elements. You blend them together into a final thing. Yeah, and, and and I'm going to mention three verses here. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 is one of them. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So now, the I'm, walking and the, and the increasing in knowledge, knowledge are linked together. Right. And I'm going to take out a para, parallel uh, para, parenthetic phrase here. I'm going to take out part of that and read it again and, and listen to what it says. I'm going to leave out part of it. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you to ask that you may be full, filled with the knowledge of his will, will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding increasing in the knowledge of God. That's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be applying in our life. In Second Timothy, now, this one's a familiar one, Mike, at least to us. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's read that one without the parenthetic phrase. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Where's the emphasis? Well, it's 
understanding the word and applying it in life. This is why uh, you've probably heard me say this a thousand times, Gary, over the years, is I'm always asking the people here to think about, well, what does it look like? Yes. So we'll read a Bible passage or about something or have a story. So what would that look? What would that look like today if we saw that? And I use the illustration of a covetous man, which is a word we don't use in our common language very much. Well, what does a covetous man look like? We're looking at him all the time, and we don't even recognize him because we haven't ever tried to apply right. that to a real person. And the real sticker and stickler and sticky point. Sometimes, if we rightly apply it, it, we're looking in a mirror. Well, that's what that, I was just that's the say. part. The yeah. painful part is that if you really get into the word properly, it's a painful experience. Uh, I, I'll speak personally. This is what this is what I mean when you and I have talked on yeah. the air and off the air about the fact that parts of the Bible make us unhappy or we're not pleased by what we're reading or understanding because what I think that's what you're feeling. You don't. Because it's uh, how would how would this work on me or what does it mean? Uh, that's part of it for me. In fact, there are times, and especially in and the older I get, the worse this problem gets. It's not getting better as I get older and more at quote unquote more knowledgeable. It's getting worse because I see a bigger gap oftentimes between. I know I've tried to do this and that and the other, and okay, you could say, well, that's nice. But in when I really ponder these words in the scriptures, I'm seeing a bigger gap between what's probably expected of me and than what, what I'm, I'm doing. doing. Exactly, a, a bigger gap than I saw when I was younger and uh, more act, more powerful than speaking and everything else, and maybe more respected. I see a bigger gap, and, and it's not getting narrower. And and that 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 sometimes has made me, Gary, want to stop doing what I'm stop preaching. Literally, made me want to stop because of this challenge of walking worthily of the Lord and or putting in practice. Because the words of the Jesus and his apostles are so challenging when rightly considered that it ought to give all of us pause. And here we are, we rush to God. And we tell him everything we want and expect him we're going to have to do it. I got a thing here. I don't know. I'm I'm, inter- I'm, I'm interrupting your thing, but well, well, I want to come back to this. But here's something that relates to this in the world. Okay. TikTokers, TikTokers coach, uh, anxious that Gen Z, Gen Z teens. Uh, TikTokers coach anxious Gen Z teens in manifesting vibrations. Manifesting vibrations is in quotes. Now, that headline is a bizarre clickbait headline. But what it's talking about is this. The new thing on TikTok for young people, and these people are these life coaches are teaching them that more or less, if you think things in your brain, you can bring them into existence. You think stuff in your brain. And is this is really what prosperity gospel preachers have been preaching for a long oh, time. Oh, yes, yes. Name it and claim it, Right. It's the same thing as manifesting vibrations. There's a secular, there's a secular aspect to this as well as a religious one. Is that really how we can relate to God? That we have so much power, human, that we personally have so much power that we can just think things into existence? Well, you, it's interesting. He's talking about young people here. I would guarantee you that if these were older people, 
they wouldn't be falling for the fact that if you just think certain things is going to happen that way, because older people know that's really not how the world works. We've right. had that. Yes. There's been enough experience. A lot of bad that. things have happened. That's not how the world works. And, and what you're saying is another kind of thing that I, I brought up a couple of times. I don't know whether you remember, but I've always said if you learn what's in the Bible and understand what's there and what God wants of you, you're going to find things you don't like. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's and exactly what you. This is a lot of that problem right there, isn't it? Exactly. And where I was going from here, and particularly from Second Timothy two. When I read it without that parenthetic phrase, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, we have to do that because what does he say in John 17 and 17? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. What does he mean by sanctify? We use that for save. That's saving somebody. God saves you by his truth. Setting them apart. Set you apart. Pulled you out and set you apart. And set you apart with his word. That's exactly what he said. But see, fundament, that all sounds religious and nice, but in reality, do most people want to be separated from their friends and society and common belief systems? Do they really want to be sanctified or set apart? They don't. We talk about it, That's but we really don't want to be. We want to be just like everybody else why, and like why, our society. It, why did Paul put those parenthetic phrases in something like Colossians 1, 9 through 10? Let, let's read the parenthetic phrase. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. That's exactly why he put the parenthetic phrase in there. Right. Now, because, that, that's the advantage of what I was, have taught over the, sometimes of, the, of diagramming essentially diagramming some of these passages, especially passages from Paul. Then you understand you can, why is that phrase in there? You and get that, the main, you don't lose the main thought with right. all the parenthetical phrases. But that's what I saw. And read Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, Colossians 1, 9 through 11, and 2 Timothy 2, 15. And you will see exactly that happened when you, when you basically, when you analyze those verses and look at those phrases. And, and what's the result, Mike, often? And this is in Romans 1 to 3, and, and I'm going to end it here, because if you don't do this, if you don't do what Paul admonishes us to do in those three pa- passages, this is what happens. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. You want to be sanctified. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. We can do that. We do that now. Yeah. We establish our own righteousness. We've got our own set of standards we make up for and ourselves. We, and we don't. So turn back to the word of God. Understand what it says. Have the wisdom to apply it in your own life. And the Bible admonishes you in many places. How? Of what to do, and these verses are only a few. I did not include all of them. Well, this is where the con- humble and contrite heart that the Bible it's speaks right. of so often is willing to keep assessing your their own thoughts and actions over time. It's, you, you have to you, you have to do or practice what you know at that time. That's what it says in Philippians chapter. And I want to this may be a, too long of a analysis here but but in philippians chapter three 
um, he says, he, he tells them to, Paul says, I don't count myself, verse 13, Philippians 3, to have apprehended, or gr- gr- I haven't grasped. grasped everything yet, or I'm not completely like I should be, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, I try not to let the past hold me back, even though in the past, in Paul's case, there were some pretty atrocious things. He doesn't let those things trigger him so that he's paralyzed and can't function today. But what he's doing is reaching forward, and that's what the, that's where this growth is. That's the that's adding. It. That's all the things you're talking, talking about. about. That's another way of expressing this going forward in what's in a personal change. And then he says, therefore, verse 15, let as many of let us as many as are mature have this mind, this mind of going forward and not being held back by everything. And if it, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So over you have to know that over time, if you will keep pressing forward to learn more about Christ and to change your behavior, you will slowly be corrected. He's telling you this here. God will reveal what you need to know. Now, the question will come at that time when God reveals it to you in the future by your, by your study of the word. Will you accept it or will you make an excuse? Okay. Now, then he goes on to say, verse 16, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by that same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So he says, what you can do today is to whatever degree you have attained knowledge in God and understanding of correct behavior, live by that rule. Do that today. Will you learn more tomorrow? Well, if you keep adding and growing, growing. you will. Now then you live by that rule. They're not going to be different rules. They're not going to be different. They're not going to contradict They're not going to contradict each other and different in that way, but they're going to be extensions and add-ons and maturity. So he says here, this is a this passage is a little it's, it's expressed by Paul in a way that doesn't resonate 100% with us in our modern terms. But if we look at it carefully, you will see he's telling you, uh, you're, you're in the, if you're in Christ, you're in the process of growing. If you keep growing through reading the word and trying to live it, you see this earlier in the book of Colossians. I could preach a sermon on this. I call it the Colossian cycle. Well, maybe I can find it here. Well, I was just going to say, Second, cycle, Pe- Second Peter 1, 5 through you know, nine or 10 is Peter's way of saying the same thing. It is. It is it's exactly Peter's way right. giving all diligence right. add to, and he gives a list. Right. Each one of those. So Peter is saying the same thing that Paul is saying in those passages, but he's saying it a different way. Here's another way it's said. It's Philippians. a little bit more direct. Right. Here. It is. Peter's a more direct than Paul, <laughs> who is a more of a scholar and intellectual right. person. All right. But, and Holy Spirit used that. So go to Philippians 1. I call this the Philippian cycle. There's one in Colossians the same way. Verse 9, Philippians 1 and 9. And this I pray, he says, that your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and all discernment. So there's two things, knowledge and discernment. That's basically knowledge and wisdom. Another way of saying that knowledge, meaning knowing what's right and knowing what God says and knowing what the world is. And then discernment is how to discern and how to use that. It's knowing it, learning what's in a toolbox and, and then learning how to use, use the it. tools are two different things. 
and, and, and what does that take? And, and here's that other word. It takes that, using the tools. <laughs> well, it, it takes diligence. Yes. It yes, takes that's diligence. Right, that's right. Uh, <laughs> how many times is that said? Second Peter 1 does that. Hebrews 11, 6 does that. Second Timothy 2, 15 uses exactly that. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Well, he goes on to say in this past, that's exactly, and he goes on to say, you, you abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. That means you learn to choose what is better and, and, and best. We've, we've already said it's important what you approve. You remember going that? going forward and that you may be sincere, that is clear-hearted and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. So the fruit of righteousness is not righteousness. It's what righteousness brings, brings, which is a change in behavior and thought. And then you can go forth and approve better things with more knowledge and more discernment. So this is a cycle. And you have the same thing in, in Colossians chapter one that he mentions here. And it goes to this very note of how to figure it out. And you go through periods of time in spirituality in, in Christ, I think, where you're dis it seems like you go backwards sometimes. You, you learn, you grow, things happen. You try to assess yourself and other situations you're in and God's, and you try to see God's hand in your life providentially. And it, sometimes it almost takes you backwards or stalls you because you're, you feel discouraged when you see this or you, you feel confused or you're not sure. But if you work through that, hold on, just hold on, keep a hold of what you're doing. It gets clarity. You get clarity. Be diligent clarity. In, in, in your pursuit. Persevere. Right. Uh, I, 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 you you express something here, Mike, about it, it's kind of like regrets when we learn that we've things that we've missed. I'm going to tell you a little story. This happened to me. This was me. I was in Walmart one day. Good a lot of good <laughs> stories start, start that way. Don't in Walmart. Yeah, yeah, I was in Walmart. A lot of good stories. <laughs> I was there. in Walmart, and I was checking out, and the line was long. And I was late getting somewhere, and I was frustrated because the line was long because people would come up there and put their things in, and then the lady would say, okay, we're ready for that. And then they would fumble around in their purse or their pocket for their credit card or their money or whatever when they had plenty of time to get it out because there's a whole line of people <laughs> back there. So I'm, I'm frustrated. Being, My wife is yelled at me about me, that Being too. Mr. Efficient. Get your wallet out ahead right. of time, buddy. Right, and there was – an old lady there and she was black and she was checking out and basically it came to the end and they realized that she didn't have enough money to pay for what she had gotten. And it was a little pile of things, some lettuce and something else. It couldn't have been 10 bucks. Okay. And, and I stood back and I watched her have to put that away to go on her way and hold up the time and fussing. And I got out of the store and I said, Gary, there was an opportunity you missed. God's given you so much and you can't walk up. Right. And, and I had, I had time. 10 bucks in my pocket and I could have walked up there and paid for it. And I didn't like, and that's the backward step. And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's when you think, so what is just like, what is it in me that has to change? So I won't do that anymore. Yes. And you yes. don't know sometimes. You don't well, know what it uh, is. Well, I'm, I but you can learn, but I'm saying at I'm, that I'm, moment. I'm, just, I made this. I'm not going to miss something like that again. Now, right. probably have, but I'm trying not to. Right. This that's, is, the, that's the thing. So that you pray for opportunities to do good, and they're, sometimes they slap you in the face. Basically. You don't even see them. Right. 
So this is where you can do uh, yeah, uh, and, and I am try to be more aware now of chances that I can turn a bad situation to a good, better situation. Miss them all the time, but they're there. They're right in front of us. Th- this is um, well. I'll, I'm going to read Colossians one, and then I want to tell you my story. A story. Well, one other story. Walmart. Walmart. One, one, that's a good. That's a one good, other story. I was in the that. parking lot at Publix, and I came back to the car and unloaded it. And the guy right in front of me was trying to start his car, and it wouldn't start. You know. And he's, what am I going to do? And he it was an older car, and I could tell he was. Well, if you know, Publix is only five minutes from my house. I didn't have jumper cables. I said, hang on just a minute. Got in the car, went home, back 10 minutes later, had jumper cables. We jumped his car and started. That was an opportunity. And he asked me, said, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And and the reply is, Jesus taught me to do that. Right. This is because you're so great. If you wouldn't even know that if Jesus hadn't been right. in your life, you wouldn't do that at all. I, maybe he figured you're going to come back and rob him or something. Or I, well, it was him, it was middle know. of the day. So. I'm just saying, but you, know, uh, you never know. People. Anyway, I've done that. That's, not, I've done that. By the time I get back, the person's gone. Okay, but so I don't know whether to be upset or happy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but the point is, that was a lesson to be learned. Okay. For him too. And and for him too. Remember the reply. Give somebody else the credit. Right. Exactly. The Lord taught you that. Yes. The other lesson for him is he learns to trust people, and then he's easy, an easier target for thieves next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's always um, things in the life that don't add up like that. Well, that's those are the kind of things, to me, those are the kind of things. It's not about the other person. This is this is something that actually enriches your heart and your this is soul. About, this is about it, your— It opens your hand. It isn't, doesn't matter what the effect of the other person is entirely. Now, then, are there times we should consider before we hand somebody cash what the effect of that's going to be on them? There, there, there is. Sometimes it's not always the best thing to do. No, it isn't. And that's the hard part to know. To know that is. Is, is really hard. You know what I always say? People say, well, you need to help people. I say, so define help and then we'll talk. You, yeah. you define what you think help is. And then we, if you and some people say help people, they haven't even thought through what help would really look like. So in in Christ, we have to think through because every word of ours is tested by whether it is a word to build up or tear down, edifying or not edifying, to tear down or build up or build you up or build them up. Every word of ours is tested that way by God. And so we, we have to ask, what is help? Well, you need to do good to people. All right, define what what you think good is in this yeah. in that particular case. And, and sometimes it's clear; other times it isn't so simple and muddy. He says, "And um, sorry, I sidetracked you." No, you know you're good. I, I I like this topic. I've been I was actually thinking about this kind of thing uh, the last few days. Well, we've gone way over the ten minutes that I had out. That's okay. But... We haven't had a call that I can see, so. If you want to call again, you're welcome to interrupt this or chime in 772-340-1590 and so forth. But um, Paul says in Colossians 1, and at first I thought, well, maybe you referenced this and I just missed it. But he says, Paul says in verse 9, for this reason we also. Yeah, that's that's the verse I okay, use. Okay, but he says, here's, the, here's what I would say, that we are filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom, and then we walk worthy 
And then he says, you become fruitful in every good work. And then you, what happens next in verse 10? You increase in the knowledge of God. And then you become strengthened with all of his might, with patience and long suffering. Then you give thanks. And when all that happens, you go back and you don't cease to pray because you're giving thanks. You see what I'm saying? And, the, and this whole cycle starts over again of learning, walking, increasing in knowledge, being strengthened. You, you know, you, the whole yeah. cycle, it, it's a circle. I, I only went through nine and part of ten because I was trying to limit the idea here because you're right about that. It, it, right, it, right, about right. That. I'm, that's what I was just trying to add to it. It actually is a big, bigger cycle in that. Well, now I, I'll tell you part of my story. It's it's a and it's I say this I tell you this story with caution because it can sound oh you're you're trying to make to look good and I really am not I'm trying to look ba- I, I really feel bad about this but I've I've wrestled for a good while now with this whole concept of like I was just saying what does it mean to do good to people and and help them because I get asked to, I get opportunities to help people a lot as a preacher minister over the years have have quote and i put this in quotes you can't see it on the radio but helped people and then i think i've tried to help people it's turned out to be maybe not any help at all and in many ways gary i can tell you i haven't seen the fruit of that help in any way that i expected at the time and i haven't seen the fruit it, it doesn't bear fruit for the other person because i give them cash or do a favor for them it does at least in a way that I can perceive. So to continue to keep doing this sometimes is simply an act of faith that I believe it's the right thing to do because God told me to do this. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So I'm struggling along, trying to walk in a way that I'm reading in the Bible, and it doesn't appear to be bearing any fruit that I can see, and it makes you wonder, is it really the right pathway? And sometimes I wonder about that, and I've made some changes. But I've been trying to help this lady I call her a girl, but she's not in Fort Pierce. She used to come here to church some for for, uh, several years now, going to see her. And and, uh, every every month it's, you know, she needs money for this and needs money for that. And so uh, I give her money for this and for that. If I add it all up, it's probably a fairly good amount. And I only say that because that's the frustrating part, not because I'm bragging at all about that. And and so it makes me wonder. And and do I see a change? Not really. Well, the change the changes that's happened is in me, because it makes me really really wonder down inside why am I doing this, and why do I keep doing it? Because Gary, when the phone rings and I see it's her name, do I get a warm fuzzy feeling when I see that? What do no. you think? I don't. I get it. No. I get it. Most often, my instant reaction and in gut is negative. And yet well, I answer the phones. I delay it. I answer the phone, go through the whole process. And so I've had to wrestle with why am I doing this? I don't know. That, the, I don't a, know the whole answer. God well, is still grinding this out of my soul in some well, way. He's the, here. Here you have to ask yourself what what question or what lesson is he trying to teach right. me and one of the things that that would come to my mind again is mike when <laughs> when do you shake the dust maybe from your the lesson feet? is are you going to keep being so foolish 
when do you yeah, shake the dust that, from that, your exactly. feet? Exactly, that's the point I'm making, and I can't seem no. to do that. Maybe, and and it's the story is longer, more involved, maybe more interesting. But I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to be. Uh, it's it's almost too personal for me to talk about. What did Jesus tell his disciples? If they don't receive you, if they don't, don't. listen, if they don't improve, shake the but dust see, from your feet and walk away. See, the question for me has always been, why do you hate this so much? You God's given you plenty of things. Um, and maybe this is a test to see, will you give a cup of cold water to one of the least of these, my disciples? Will you do it? <laughs> or will you say, no, I'm going to keep my money and I can buy another movie on Netflix with the same money. You know, I'm just making up something. Well, uh, and, that's the but problem. That, but that, that other lesson that's there just for my soul, what he told his disciples is a lesson too. you know, when it do, is, when and do that, you, when do you walk away? That's the rest, that's the wrestling match, but it's, it is. Um, but I, I'm going to make one more point, and then I'm, right. I'm going to leave this. I got more. I got we've more talked I about that, we've talked about many time. things that we wanted that these lessons teach us to do. Look at His Word, walk in what He does, and be diligent about it. In other words, concentrate on it. Don't just give it a passing thought. But the result in Romans 10, He talks about the Jews, but the Jews are not the only ones to do this. The denominations do this. People in the world do this. Uh, So-called Christians do this. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they be saved. Our prayer is for everybody. God wants everybody to be saved. For I bear them witness they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. If your zeal for God is not according to knowledge, and you are establishing your own righteousness and not submitting to God, it's vain worship. The, 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 the nitty-gritty down in where the gears grind together, though, is that in this world that we live in, when we, try to, when we take some knowledge from God's Word that moves our heart through the Holy Spirit, He works on us, and we try to do something with that in a practical, real way in life, it's, it's not just God working. Satan watches this, too, and he tries to throw some sand in the gears. And, and he's very good and, at and, it. Yes, and you ne- and so sometimes the result that takes place, we think the result is just from God, but it may not be. It may only be Satan gumming up the works. And so we say, well, now I guess I've got some evidence now to shake the dust off my feet. Is God trying to make me more persistent and see how bad I want it, or is He trying to discourage me and say go another direction? This is the problem with people that read signs. They take a, something that's a sign from God for this, a sign from God for that. They don't, I don't, I can tell them, I don't know, is God trying to discourage you or trying to keep you, see if you really want to keep going? How bad do you want it? You don't know the answer to that until you keep living. You, you just got to, well, the word tells you, keep doing good, so, so keep what, seeking the best for other people, uh, say, say things what, that edify. What did I learn from the Walmart? God threw sand in the gears because of right. my impatience. Right. So that and that's what the, sometimes those things have to change. Gary, our time is basically okay. gone. We're, this we're is a great subject, actually. About where it's where the rubber meets the road for sincere Christians. Yes. It's where the rubber meets the road for sincere Christians. Right. Even though I only intended ten minutes. I know, so. but that's okay. I can make anything an hour if I try <laughs> real quickly. But uh, let, we got to wrap this up. Thanks for listening today. We really appreciate your. Uh, time and, and listening to these things, come and take a look at our website, wearejustchristians.com. Also, if you would, uh, 
come and visit us here. We'd love to have you. You're going to find a group of people just trying to follow the scriptures without a bunch of additions. We're not perfect, but we're trying. You can come and look and engage at 2196 Southwest Savona Boulevard. You won't be asked for money. You're not going to be embarrassed. Come and listen, observe, worship with us at 10 o'clock this morning for Bible study, 11 o'clock for our worship and communion, and then 7.30 on Wednesday night we have classes again. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you. WPSL, Port St. Lucie.